0: Sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is betting across America on v the sports betting network.
3: Welcome back. This is our number three of betting across America presented by BetMGM. Femi and Bebefe hanging out here at the Vsin studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas, my man, out in Colorado. James, we talked about the quarterback competition that was going on in Carolina to start our number two. Let's talk about the one that's going on in Pittsburgh here to start our number three, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have three guys in this quarterback competition. You have Mitch Trubisky, the free agent signing from the Buffalo bills. Mason Rudolph who's the incumbent backup. I think we should say backed up Ben Roethlisberger for a number of years. And then the first round pick pick 20 Kenny Pickett out of pit there in the quarterback competition as well. But I think the biggest news Out of this competition is that right now, as we sit here in August, their first round pick, Kenny Pickett, is listed as the number three quarterback on the depth chart. Does that surprise you?
4: No, it doesn't surprise me. He's a rookie coming in, and this—he wasn't a highly touted rookie. I know he's a first-round draft pick, but he wasn't a top five, top ten. What was he? Twentieth overall, yep. I think, to Pittsburgh. So not this highly, even though yes, you're the first-round pick, and sometimes he will do that because now you have potentially if he if he turns into something, you have five years of control with those players in the first round. But I think for Pickett, obviously, he's going. It makes sense that he's going to be there. I think for Trubisky coming over, you know, he's got to learn the system here. He's a one. Quarterback, we know what Trubisky is. It's going to be one read and he's going to want to tuck it and run. He's got wheels, the kid. He can run, and I think he's going to be doing plenty of that if he is going to be the starter or see the field at any point for the Pittsburgh Steelers because of this offensive line. It's a very young and inexperienced offensive line. Uh, this is it's going to be a struggle all season long for me for this Pittsburgh Steelers team to generate offense, and that's going to put more and more pressure on that defense for Pittsburgh. So I think quarterback controversy or quarterback competition. Yeah, I guess we can say it's a competition because they're all vying for that first to be that leader and that that number one starter, but it feels like it might be Mason ruled off just by default because he knows the system. And I think that's always the advantage for the the player that has been there. The Well, he's been the only player there. Now, you mentioned being the backup for a number of years. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy you're going to go win with consistently at all, but he does know the system. So, at least from that standpoint, he can be able to, to make plays within the system as opposed to somebody like Trubisky. Now he's bounced to his third team, was with Chicago. He was with the Bills last year, I believe. And now he's here. It's going to take him a while, but it's. It, it, I think. What does that mean for the playbook as well for Canada there for Pittsburgh if it is Trubisky? I think it's going to be very limited. You'll probably see a lot of moving pockets, utilizing yeah. the this the foot speed of Trubisky, and I think we'll probably see Trubisky have more yardage on the ground than he will through the air, Femi.
3: I know this is a team that you say that you would lean toward the under on for their win total. Right now, that win total at BetMGM sits at seven and a half minus one ten each way. They're three to one to make the playoffs, minus four hundred to miss the playoffs, nine to one to win the NFC or AFC North, I should say, forty to one to win the AFC, and eighty to one to win the Super Bowl. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in his fifteen years as the head coach, but this year the market believes it will be his first losing season. Regardless whichever quarterback they end up choosing to be the week one starter, do you really adjust your strategy as it pertains to the Steelers team? Or is this a scenario to where it's six to one, half a dozen to the other?
4: Well, I think we have to look at let's look at the schedule and see, see how that's going to play out for the Steelers. And the schedule makers did not do the Steelers and this young quarterback, this young offense any favors here. Mm-hmm. You're going to start off with a divisional game at Cincinnati. AFC champion Cincinnati. We know right away that's a that's a hell of a tough matchup to have to go on the road with a young team and play that Cincinnati team coming off the Super Bowl appearance. You come back home and you played the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. That team will be organized and ready to go. They know who they are and what that identity is going to look like for New England on both sides of the ball. You have a short week then and travel to Cleveland and yeah, quarterback situation aside, it's still a road game, a divisional road game on a short week. You're going to have to have, then you'll have some time off where you have the New York jets, but then the next four games before they're by Femi, this is kill. You play at Buffalo. You're back home to play Tom Brady and the (laughs) Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then you're on the road at Miami at Philadelphia. You get the bye. you get to lick your wounds and then lick your wounds to play the New Orleans saints and that defense coming to Pittsburgh and host Cincinnati. And then at Indianapolis. Where where are the wins here? Maybe two. I'm just really struggling to find maybe more than two wins on that schedule, Femi. And then Mm -hmm. what happens from there? Let's say now the season is lost. You're not going to get to that 500 mark again here, unfortunately, for, for Coach Tomlin. But then now it's regardless of whether it was. Trubisky or Mason Rudolph you're not going to win with either of those guys now the second half of that season after you're taking that beating through those first 11 games or so well maybe that's when we see the rookie Kenny Pickett step in and get some get get some reps and, and get some experience in his first year as a starter at some point later in the season what does that mean for the win total to me it just screams under under under
3: yeah, it's just a brutal schedule here. And you outlined that first portion where, where are the wins? And it's a fair question to ask. But could this team win at the window? Because they're likely going to be underdogs in a lot of these games. And Mike Tomlin is the best underdog coach since he entered the league in 2007 as a head coach. Right now, uh, the Steelers are 47-26-3. and ATS as an underdog since 2007. That's a 64% cover rate. Best in the league. New England's right behind them. Then you have the Chargers and the Saints. But the Steelers team, they tend to thrive under Mike Tomlin in these scenarios. These scenarios are going to be coming up a lot more often now that Ben Roethlisberger has retired and we have this quarterback carousel of either Trubisky, Rudolph, or Pickett. Is this a team that you think that you might be betting on from a week-to-week standpoint?
4: I don't think so. Uh, you don't have Big Ben there anymore. So mm-hmm. kind of correlated. We talked about back to 2007. Uh, Big Ben was there for the majority of that. He yeah, played a lot of those games. Of being injured, absolutely. And so that gives you consistency and stability at the quarterback spot and leadership there too. And then the defense. This is not nearly as talented of a defense as what we've seen from Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers in the past. I know you've got Watt and you've got Hayward on there, but you know, aside from that, there's a lot of young players on this team, and some and you know some moving pieces at the linebacker core as well. It's just this is not this is nowhere close to the steel curtain by any means, and and what we've seen over the years past, it was that defense, the physicality. The one thing we knew out of Mike Tomlin's team is they they were going to be physical and. And that was really their, their That's where the competitive piece was on both sides of the football is we're going to be more physical than you for four quarters. And that's the style of play that we're going to have on and just the toughness out there on the field. And it kept them in competitive games gave them all those winning seasons under Tomlin that he's that he's experienced. But this is just not the same roster anywhere close to that. I just wonder where's where's the leadership on offense here? There, there is none. Yeah. There is no leader. You don't know who the quarterback is going to be. You don't have any veteran leadership up front with that offensive line. A young quarter. I, I like Najee Harris as a running back, but he's a second-year player. He's the running back. He's not going to be the leader of your offense. There's just no leadership on this team. It's very young offensively, and with all the question marks at quarterback, is Mason Rudolph by default going to be the first, going to be that starter because he knows the system better than Trubisky, and it's not going to be Pickett getting that early start. Where's the leadership of Mason Rudolph? Is that somebody you trust, Femi, to say, well, <laughs> he's going to keep us competitive in these games. And I'll take Pittsburgh Steelers as a dog. I think we have to, at least for me, I'm going to shift my thinking of what we've seen from Pittsburgh historically mm-hmm. and the identity of that team because he just doesn't have the personnel on this roster to live up to that competitive spirit that we've seen from Pittsburgh for, gosh, almost two decades there.
3: No, those are all fair points to bring up here for the regular season. But what about the preseason? Because the Steelers in week one are laying three against the Seattle Seahawks. With this quarterback competition, they're going to be playing competent quarterbacks on a relative scale to the preseason here against some of these teams that are playing twos and threes. Trubisky will probably get a healthy amount of reps. I believe Rudolph will as well. Kenny Pickett, you can best believe he's going to get a healthy amount of reps. Is This a team that maybe we should be betting on in the preseason.
4: Uh, Maybe as far as scoring is because I I think when we look at the depth of quarterback and they're competing, right? So it's competitions. One of the few you talked about playing Seattle. Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, we hear all these things coming out of so many different training camps. So and so is looking great and they're looking awesome offensively and they're going to go undefeated. Not hearing that out of the Seattle Seahawks camp. I'm not hearing anything about the quarterbacks coming out of there. So it's that's one of the exceptions and the rarities as far as uh, quarterback play right now. But I think the because it is competition, guys are going to want to go out and win that job. They're competitors. That's what got them there to the, that got them this far, and they don't know where they're going to stand. So everybody's if they, that number one spot is open, I think for both those teams, both for Seattle and for Pittsburgh, it is open competition for them to go out and make plays now. The fact is, yes, they're going to be out there trying to make some plays down the field to, to win that starting job. The question is, do you trust them to bet on them? I don't know if I try. I don't, I don't trust any of those quarterbacks right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That Nothing to do with Trubisky making plays. He'll be more plays with his feet, again, like I talked about, mm-hmm. than with his arm. Mason Rudolph is not going to be one that I, I trust to have to make plays either. I know there's experience there with those guys, but then on the other side, same thing with Seattle. Do you trust Geno Smith? I don't have any faith in Drew Locke to make plays going into a new system, having to deal with what he's had to deal with in the offseason. So that you can think about that and say these quarterbacks are competing for a starting job, but then we have to be realistic. And then you say, do I trust these guys to actually make plays to win me a preseason bet?
3: Yeah, and I think maybe I'm going down a crazy path, but I think I trust them in the preseason just because I believe these coaching staffs are – going to be wanting to accomplish something in these preseason games. A lot of the other teams that have their quarterback situations already figure out, they're just trying to get out of these preseason games as healthy as possible and don't really care what happens from a game scoring standpoint. But I think Pittsburgh – Carolina, Seattle, these are teams that need to figure out who's going to be the week one starter, almost similar to what we saw with Denver last year when they had the quarterback competition between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. I was backing Denver every single week of the preseason because I knew that one of those guys was going to be playing into the second half. And that's what happened. We saw them light up uh, the Minnesota Vikings. They lit up the Seattle Seahawks. Denver was a really good team to back in the preseason. It was really profitable. Maybe we see something similar with Pittsburgh, Seattle, and Carolina. The only problem for me right now in week one is that Pittsburgh plays Seattle. So we could see some competent quarterback play going on throughout that game. So maybe the over is a look there at 33-and-a-half. But just betting the preseason is all about information. It's all about quarterback depth, and we get it with these couple of teams. On the other side, we're going to go to the NFL awards market. DPOY, who's it going to be? We discuss it next.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
5: is uncanny usa
6: he says somebody's in the house and i screamed
0: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
2: you're a growing business which means you need every spare hour you can find that's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in slack
3: is uncanny
0: usa
6: he says somebody's in the house and i screamed
0: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
2: you're a growing business which means you need every spare hour you can find that's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in slack
3: It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM, state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi and hanging out here at the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out out in Colorado. I'm getting choked up, James, because we're getting so close to football. I'm getting emotional, talking about awards markets, buddy. 32 days and counting. Let us go. But but speaking about the Defensive Player of the Year market over at BetMGM, right now the favorite to win this award is Miles Garrett at plus 600. T.J. Watt, the reigning defending DPOY, plus 650, coming off that 22-and-a-half sack season, which tied the all-time single-season record set by Michael Strahan way back when. Aaron Donald, plus 800. He's won this award three times. Michael Parsons, 9-to-1. Nick Bosa, 12-to-1. Joey Bosa, 20-to-1. Then you have Chase Young and Khalil Mack at 25-to-1. But this is an award, James, that it almost feels like it has to come from the top of the board it's not really a long shot award because oftentimes the voters lean toward guys who have made all pro teams because defenses it's hard to kind of get the counting stats unless you're a pass rusher there and you're stacking the quarterback a number of times with that said is there anybody on the top of this board that you are eyeing to win defensive player of the year
4: well what about joey bosa and thinking now what he's going to have there with Khalil Mack on the other side. And it's not just going to be Bosa getting after the quarterback there. He's going to have a, a, a bookend now to be able to attack from the edge with with Khalil Mack coming over here. And i I've coming over and boosting the secondary as well. And the fact that the Chargers are going to put points on the board. So teams are going to be dropping back to throw and trying to, trying to match scores. A lot of shootouts we're going to see with the Chargers. Although that Chargers defense has definitely uh, picked up a number of players. To to improve themselves from last year, although we'll see Derwin James. I think he's got some injuries again. Hopefully, he's he's healthy. Uh, getting out there for the start of the season, mm-hmm. he's definitely a, a factor. But out I think he's too. a holder. So maybe th- yeah, he's a holder. He's just is, not playing because the contract. Yeah, he's yeah. just not out there. going through that and well and they want to make sure he can stay healthy for more than just one year like we saw last year but that aside I think he'll find his way onto the field they'll make something happen and he'll be out there as a playmaker but I think just opportunities we know it's splash plays and it's numbers and rushing the passer a lot of times that's going to be it we're not going to see anybody get out there and you know somebody going to go get double digits somebody's going to go get 12 interceptions all right well then that's that's (laughs) that's not something that typically happens so it does it comes down to a lot of times uh, tacklers and pass rushers deep in the backfield, putting sacks and... Force fumbles, all those types of things, strip sacks, et cetera. So maybe at the top of the board, that's where I look. We're just looking for numbers. This isn't typically a, a market that I get into and bet. If it was, it'd be small figures. I'm not going to lay uh, units on this and one or two units, anything like that. It'd be small plays. But I think if we're going to just break down the first top, that's probably where I'd look at it. Joey Bosa sitting at 20 to 1.
3: Yeah. What about somebody like Micah Parsons at 9 to 1 coming off of being the defensive rookie of the year, made all pro as a rookie as well, first team all pro at linebacker? And the way that Dan Quinn and that defense uses Micah Parsons, it's so versatile, getting him matched up on some running backs, on guards, on tackles, whoever Parsons could line up all across that front seven there. And he plays for a high profile team out in Dallas. And the plays that he does make tend to be splash kind of plays. Would you be interested in somebody like Micah Parsons at nine to one? Or do you think that this Dallas defense just regresses from what we saw a year ago where they led the league in takeaways?
4: I think Dallas as a whole regresses. The the team does. They're not going to have the repeat performance that we saw last year. But Parkins, Parsons I think will be even better than he was last year coming in as a rookie. Having to find himself for one in the NFL. And then you, with with Quinn being able to figure out best play, it's going to take time, which they did throughout the season. And uh, he's a special player. Not only on the field. I think he's got just there's a sense of humility with him. He's got great character. So he's somebody that is wants to be great but doesn't need to sit and pat himself on the back and is not mm-hmm. going to just listen to everybody telling him how great he is. That's not going to feed. That, that's not something where he gets complacent. He's just that kind of competitor. But I, I think just that nine to one again, these are these are these are difficult at least for me. These are difficult markets to get involved with, yeah. especially when you're looking at less than your, your single digits and, and in this case here at nine to one, probably not something I'd be getting. I'd be looking to bet.
3: Yeah, this is the market to where I just have not been able to crack the code or really just get involved before the season. I mean, I will think back to last year. I didn't bet defensive player of the year, the year before the same thing as well, just because I think it oftentimes comes from the top, but I don't really want to tie my money up on picking who's going to lead the league in sacks or have the most forced fumbles there. Aaron Donald makes a lot of sense just because he's so good and is widely seen as the best defensive player. But do the voters want to give him a fourth defensive player of the year award? Because Lawrence Taylor, who's the best defensive player of all time, only has three DPOYS as well. So I don't know if they want to give Aaron Donald a fourth one. Miles Garrett makes a lot of sense as a favorite, just because he had a defensive player of the year caliber season last year. TJ watt just ended up having a ridiculous final half of that season to get 22 and a half sacks, but Garrett at six to one because he hasn't won the award makes a lot of sense. It almost feels like, this is his time. He's the one that's due. He's next up on being crowned as an elite defender in the NFL. But who knows how this Cleveland Browns season goes? So it's you have three favorites there to where there's holes that you can poke in each one of their candidacies. T.J. Watt, the hole that you can poke in there is that he just won the award last year, and it's hard to duplicate 22 and a half sacks. Pretty good chance he'll have far fewer sacks this year. So maybe the voters. Yeah ding that against him there. So Joey Bosa, I think, is a solid look at 20 to one now that he has help for Khalil Mack. But what if, James, nobody has the big sack season? What if we see a season to where the leader in sacks is 16 sacks, but is on a team that only wins about seven games? Would you maybe look at a linebacker like Shaquille Darius Leonard? They're at 30 to one.
4: Yeah, I don't A new scheme now coming in to to Indianapolis and so it's going to be different than what it was before and really I think for for what they're going to look like now in Indianapolis going to funnel a lot of things out to the flat. It's not that Leonard can't get out there and make plays he can he's his, he can go sideline to sideline as a linebacker but I was looking you were talking about going down the board there and I was mm-hmm. looking at somebody that is a pass rusher and this is what he does at Trey, Trey Hendrickson sitting at 40 to 1 mm. and if we can just break down let's just look at this Cincinnati team and we know that offensive line has been addressed and they it's definitely going to be an improvement up front for Joe Burrow and that offense from what we saw last year and as many hits and sacks as he took uh, partially because of him, but mostly because it's a really porous offensive line. They've addressed that in the offseason to a certain degree, and they're going to be better there. And this team is going to continue to put points on the board. Well, that means teams are going to have to keep up and catch up. And I think looking at this schedule for Cincinnati, what kind of offensive lines is he going to face? What is What will, will Cincinnati be going against for that front? Because they have a really good front. Where they can get pressure with just the four and be creative with their their coverage on the back end, but look what their Cincinnati's going to have as far as offensive lines and quarterbacks that he's going to be able to to face and potentially feast on. You're going to start with Pittsburgh. We were just talking about Pittsburgh and the uncertainty with that offensive line and the mm-hmm. quarterback spot for week one. You're going to play Dallas, which there's definitely been some turnover on that offensive line. You're going to play the New York Jets again. That's that's a team that they've circled since that was a loss last year. They have improved their offensive line, have the Jets, but you got a young quarterback back there still trying to make plays and I think maybe trying to, to hold the ball and make some plays, trying to live up to what Burrow did in his second season in the NFL. Miami's got issues up front in offensive line. Baltimore's banged up offensively as well. New Orleans, there's some transition on that offensive line too. Atlanta, that's a bad team up front. Cleveland, that's a good offensive line. Questions at the quarterback spot. And then Carolina, look at the first part of their schedule before their bye. That's some pretty favor. Number one, it's a favorable schedule for Cincinnati overall. But as far as the matchup goes with Cincinnati's front and, that, and the offensive line that they're going to be facing. I mean, Hendrickson was averaging one sack a game last year. What is his potential now in his second year now with, this, with the Cincinnati team and within this scheme and considering the teams and the front lines that they're going to face and the poor quarterback play that they're going to face, Hendrickson might be in for a really big season.
3: Yeah, Hendrickson, he had a big season last year as a free agent signee from the New Orleans Saints. And that Bengals team, like you mentioned, the defending AFC champions, and they have some advantageous uh, offensive lines that they'll be taking uh, taking on this year. So Hendrickson could be a guy that boosts those sack numbers up quite a bit here. James, if I were to give you $100 and you had to bet into this market and you could spread it out however which way you want, or you can put it all on one player, how would you divvy up that pot? Oh
4: boy! Uh, let's fire it all in. We're going all in. We're going in for the hard four. I'll go with Henderson. Let's just take it at forty-one. Let's take a long shot because I think for for here, if. Going small with these bets, I probably wouldn't want to break it up as much, but mm-hmm. maybe a little dabble, put a little bit on Parsons. So I think he's a very special player, and now yeah. everybody's aware of him. The other opponents are aware of him too, so they're definitely going to be scheming for Parsons where he is on the field. But he can move around and be so versatile out there. So maybe I'll put, I'll put, uh, let's put 20% on Parsons, and we'll put the re- remaining 80% on Hendrickson at 40
3: to one. I like it. I like it. If I were to do it, I would put. $20 Darius Leonard, or Shaq Leonard, I should say, at 30 to 1. $30 Micah Parsons at plus 900. $50 Nick Bosa at 12 to 1. I think Nick Bosa could be in it for a big year now that he's two years removed from that ACL surgery. All right, stick with us because we're going to continue the awards discussion, but going to the Diamond talking MVP next on BAA. This is
0: Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betty Network.
3: The college football guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of every team including trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a cin V-CIN all-access subscriber. Sign up early and for a discount of $175, you'll receive the college and pro football betting guides along with full v access all the way through the Super Bowl. Or join us for $40 a month and see everything vson has to up your betting game go to vson.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network welcome back this is betting across america femi and Bebefe hanging out here at the south point hotel and casino james salinas out in colorado here rolling along here on a salinas sunday 30 minutes left at the top of the hour it'll be betting across america for three more hours over at circa ben wilson and jeff Parles leading you through all of your Sunday action. But, James, let's focus here on the Major League Baseball MVP market because I think both of these conversations are really fascinating. Right now in the American League, we have a heavy favorite in New York Yankees slugger Aaron Judge, minus 455, at BetMGM, Shohei Ohtani plus three seventy-five, then a significant drop-off to Jordan Alvarez at fifty to one, Jose Ramirez sixty-six to one, Rafael Devers and Vlad Guerrero Jr. at one hundred to one. My man Julio Rodriguez one hundred fifty to one, long shot, but will likely be the heavy, heavy favorite to win AL Rookie of the Year, and then Xander Bogarts of the Boston Red Sox at two hundred to one. But this is pretty much a Judge Ohtani conversation, and as we sit here on August seventh, it's quickly coming more of a judge conversation seems that he is running to that 61 homer mark here for the new york yankees if he conti- if he continues to get pitches to hit
4: like he has been i don't know why these pitchers do this we talked about that before why are you just there's one bat you want to avoid and just throw it throw it 12 inches off the black it's gonna be judge but uh i i just think that for judge it's this team now they've scuffled a bit here coming out of the All-Star break. I think they've lost six out of the six out of the what 16 games, or lost 10 out of the 16 games mm-hmm. so far to the All-Star break, I believe. But you know they're scuffling. The teams are going to have that. You just, it's, it's hard to sustain that high level of play throughout the season. And then we know right now that that team is a little banged up in that lineup. You don't have Rizzo again today in the lineup, and Stanton's been on the IL for a while, so some protection around Judge in a sense where you can continue to pitch around him because maybe you're not going to get punished by by. Due Doing that. But uh, I just think for, for Otani, he's a special player, and it's not saying he's not MVP caliber, but what he can do, nobody else can do what he does in the league, but, you know, it's a bad team. And this team is well below expectations and just have a hard time saying this is the MVP when this team, what are they, 16, 15, 16 games under 500 right now? Yeah. They've been one of the worst, if not the worst team in baseball since the end of May. It's just hard for me to say, well, but with this MVP, you got to give it to him based on just what he does as a two-way player in a sense. Yeah, it's special. But for an MVP market, when you have Judge having the season that he has and the Yankees, correlated to having the season that they have running away with the American League East. Yeah, then I get why that number is sitting at right now at minus four minus 450. I mean, there's nothing to bet here in this market. Mm-hmm. You missed it with Judge Otani's dropping and he's fading fast just due to the, the misfortune of the Angels all the way around. I don't want to see anything with Alvarez and Ramirez down the line Too too far of a stretch for any of those guys to even be in the conversation. Those other numbers are so deep.
3: Is there a scenario that exists to where Judge doesn't win this award? Would it have to be him getting hurt? Or is there something else yeah. that you think might happen? I think he
4: has to get hurt. I think mean, he gets yeah. hurt now, and oh, all of a sudden now he's he got hit on the wrist and he broke his he broke his hand and he's out for the remainder of the regular season. Now can that sustain? Can his numbers now still? Uh, we still have two months of the season. Man, baseball is just a grind. Isn't it, man, it? I mean, it's a marathon. Goodness, <laughs> it really is. So just thinking of it from that perspective, like yeah, I. I he'd have to be hurt and hurt for the rest of the season to not have it. He's not going to fall off. I, I think he'll get less and less pitches to hit, especially as Rizzo it, depending. We'll see what Rizzo's back looks like and Stanton out of the lineup. Those are two big bats. We talked about it earlier as part of my handicap right now. St. Louis just got on the board. We're tied at one in the bottom of the first. You know, I have my yes, eyes sir. on this game here. There Nolan you go. Aronado comes through with a big hit. Boy, bring it through here. But yeah, we'll talk about I, him I, I soon. Just, <laughs> yeah, but those injuries, right? Those injuries are, are a problem within the lineup just because it's protecting. And Judge was hitting second today, but um, I, I just I don't see it. I think as long as he doesn't, he, he's not going to fall off that bad. Now, doesn't get to 60 if he gets enough pitches to hit, absolutely. And especially playing in the in the stadium that he does there in New York, as well as Boston, some of these other stadiums they have in the American League East, plenty of opportunities for Judge to continue to pile on those numbers and a runaway
3: with the MVP in the AL. Yeah, Judge to me feels like the runaway MVP, but. Let's do this exercise here, James, and knock on wood because I don't want this to happen. But let's say judge were to get injured for a significant amount of time. Who would you bet on if that happens? If you see the alert judge out for X amount of days or weeks, who's the person that you would? Would it be Shohei Otani or would you maybe go for one of the long shots like a Jordan Alvarez knowing that his team would likely have the best record in the American League?
4: Yeah, but I don't. I don't know if Alvarez is having that significant of a seed. I mean, it's a great lineup up and down. Just the mm-hmm. the approach that they the collective approach at the plate that we see for the Astros today not happening right now. I think they're getting shut. They're getting shut out right now in the the top of the ninth. It's one nothing in favor of the Cleveland. But that's just one game, and there's a number of injuries right now with that Astros lineup that are not in that that are not hitting today against Cleveland. But I don't know. You look at where else would you go here? I I don't you can't go I don't I'm not going to go down with Ramirez Devers has been banged up too yeah. so Laddie, The rest of these are just too far of a long shot to want to throw any money at it. Again, these are awards markets that I typically just don't really get involved with because Mm -hmm. so many things have to happen, and it's subjective in nature. Not only do we need, you need your player to perform, you need other ones, you're betting against human achievement for the other ones that are in contention for that award, and then you have to factor in the voters, and that's just part of the handicap that I just, you know, I would want to know if I'm betting serious money on it, I want to know who these voters are, what have they done historically, and how might they be swayed based because it is subjective in nature would they want to go for Otani? but that number would clearly change if Judge was hurt you're not going to see where it is now plus 375 that would he's going to turn into the favorite
3: yeah that, that makes a lot of sense there I think in recent history the voters have leaned towards wins above replacement judge is far and away the leader in the Major League Baseball, not just in the American League, but in Major League Baseball among hitters. Wow. he is the leader in wins above replacement with the way he has just been absolutely mashing the ball here post-All-Star break. Let's turn our attention to the National League, though, because this – is a market right now that hasn't taken off just yet. Paul Goldschmidt is the favorite at minus 125. And then down the board you see Austin Riley at four to one. He's made a surge. Freddie Freeman, seven to one. Pete Alonso, Mookie Betts are 18 to 1. Trey Turner, 20 to 1. Manny Machado, 25 to 1. Juan Soto now newly of the San Diego Padres at 30 to 1. But I almost wonder: can Paul Goldschmidt's number take off like what we saw a couple weeks ago with Aaron Judge because the Cardinals are red hot they're now in first place in addition to what he's doing at the plate he leads the National League in wins above replacement could we be having this conversation a week from now and Goldschmidt's maybe minus 275 well he better
4: do a better job at the plate than what he did the first opportunity he had when he had first and second swung at the first pitch, can of corn up to second base. So yeah, right now I'm a little salty with this because I need this St. Louis game. I'm a little vested here in this in this matchup yeah. today. But this game notwithstanding Femi, I think for, for Goldie, the, the one thing for the Cardinals is they're playing in a, outside of the Brewers. It's a two-team race. We know that in the mm-hmm. NL Central. But they have a very soft schedule when it comes to the the teams below 500 and guys are going to be out of contention to where you're going to get a lot of September call-ups, and Goldie's going to have a lot of opportunities just based on the the remainder of the schedule, especially in September when you're looking at a lot of young pitchers trying to Try, trying to prove that they, uh, this is not just a cup of coffee in the bigs, and you want to bring me to, back to string training next year with an opportunity for a roster spot where he might be able to feast on some of these younger pitchers coming up for call-ups with the uh, the soft schedule that they're going to have. But I think on the other side here, you know, Austin Riley is quietly having a monster season and very yeah. consistent. I mean, he's got, outside of the, you know, with with Goldie hitting for average and leading the NL in batting average right now, I mean, right, you, you look at Riley, he's just a tick under 300, but the power. Our numbers are there. Maybe not as many runs driven in, but he's got 29 home runs. Uh, He does strike out quite a bit. and Maybe if that's something for the the voters to consider, and I think that hurts his average because he doesn't give himself a chance where he's putting the ball in play each and every time he swings the bat. Aside from his strikeout numbers, I mean, he's having a terrific season. The Braves, I know they're scuffling right now in New York in this series, but they've been really one of the – we talked about the Angels being one of the worst teams since May. The Braves have been one of the best teams since May and a lot of that is attributed to Riley, and he's sitting there at 4-1. to one. Maybe he's a little bit of a shy if you're interested in it. It's not something I'm going to do. It's I think it's probably still too short and, again, a very subjective in nature. But I'm kind of hoping that Riley does because I like what we've seen out of the Braves. I want to make it a competitive race there in the National League
3: East. Mm-hmm. So so 4-1 to at Riley intrigues you there uh, over there at BetMGM. It's almost fascinating looking at this odds board at BetMGM because you see Freddie Freeman and you see Mookie Betts and Trey Turner, all of the Dodgers. Then you see Machado and Soto of the Padres. So these are guys that might take votes away from each other. So if you're going to take a shot at Paul Goldschmidt, you probably want to do it with Austin Riley or maybe even Pete Alonso at 18-01. That's just kind of how I read things right now based on where the votes might lie because those other guys have other help around them, which is interesting because Nolan Arenado is the one who's actually second in war, but he is further down the board at BetMGM to win MVP. All of that credit for the St. Louis Cardinals is going towards Paul Goldschmidt who leads the National League and wins above replacement and has probably been the best player in the National League. All right. On the other side, we'll wrap up the show going back to the NFL preseason.
0: you dare
2: you're a growing business which means you need every spare hour you can find that's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in slack
5: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Betting Across America on v the Sports
3: Betting Network. Turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any Major League Baseball game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one you'll get your stake back in free bets up to 25 dollars log into your account or download the app and sign up with betmgm to take advantage of this offer all season long just opt in to the one game parlay insurance promotion then place a one game parlay wager with four legs or more on any major league baseball game if you miss only one leg on your wager you'll receive up to 25 dollars back in free bets major league baseball trademarks used with permission visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions must be 21 years of age or older to wager new and existing customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in nevada new york or washington dc Welcome back. This is betting across America. Final segment coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out in Colorado. James, you mentioned it in the last segment. You are sweating this Yankees Cardinals game going on right now in the gateway of the West. The Yankees have taken a two one lead here and we're waiting for BetMGM to put up the existing live markets, but how are we feeling, man?
4: wow i'm really behind because i still have a one-on-one count on hicks so delivering the bad news on the lag well and they had hicks up there trying to bunt that tells you where hicks is right now the fact that he was having to try to sacrifice in that sense especially with he's just falling off here but he's kind of inside out one here right now it's wainwright's just living too much up uh, upstairs he's flat upstairs he's not able to locate his deuce and He's living too high in the zone. Here's another one. This is an off-speed pitch that just hung right over yep. the middle of the plate, and Hicks was able to, to inside out it right now. But – you know, I think for – I'm not really – I think he was continuing. He thought he was probably going to bunt again and throwing that off-speed pitch because Arenado was – God, he was 20 feet away from the home plate right there anticipating the bunt. So, fortunate. Sometimes that's baseball. That ball definitely had eyes to get through the infield. But we're only in the second inning, Femi, so we have a long way to go here. I'm okay.
3: Oh, exactly. A lot of ball game left here. No need yep. to sweat right now. Uh, right now the Yankees minus 400 on the live line over at BetMGM. Cardinals plus 290 total sitting at 11 juice toward the under Uh, any other MLB bets that you have before we get into some more NFL preseason discussion.
4: Well, the one I was looking at was the Padres here. And look at the Padres. What a struggle it's been. And, and you're going to have to work through getting both Soto and Bell into that lineup. But Padres are one in three since they acquired and made that trade. And I feel like they're all pressing at the plate right now, feeling like, all right, we got a stacked lineup, everybody. It's time to time to do what you get paid for. And they've struck out 40 times in the first four games since this trade. So it's been a struggle here. And they haven't had a starter get through the fifth inning in the past three games either so it's kind of both ways the Padres are falling behind in early in games with deficits and these guys feeling a little pressure to be the hero and and make the big hit and mm-hmm. kind of pressing at the plate so i was looking at the pitching matchup here man how good has Tyler Anderson been of really for the Dodgers all season long and the Dodgers have been killing it out of the break 14 and 3 since the all-star break 16 out of their last 18 have been wins against the Padres they have absolutely dominated this team so I was trying to find a, a, a angle here with the Dodgers this is not a team I want to get in front of right now just considering not only who they're playing how the Padres are scuffling we know they have plenty of opportunity here but at just thirty-five with the Dodgers here at home, I know Darvis eats innings. He's pitched six innings or more in 18 of his last 20 starts, but he also lives upstairs in the zone. He was hammered by the Dodgers the last time he faced them about a month ago. Five earned runs, three home runs. He did strike out 10, but they will be able to, to get him and find ways to be able to put the bat on the ball Will the Dodgers here – Tyler Anderson, as well as he's pitching, and as well as this Dodgers team has been playing, they've had the Padres' number for the last year mm-hmm. and a half. I like the
3: I like the Dodgers here at $1.35. Seems a little short. Yeah, the Dodgers, it seems like they were intent on delivering a message to the Padres of saying, all right, you got all mm-hmm. that Slam Diego hype, Soto's there, and all this stuff, but we're still the best in the West, and you got to come through us if you want to do anything in October as the Dodgers have you. The- Best record in baseball, 74 and 33 winners of seven straight. This team, and hey, they got the highest payroll and they're living up to expectations. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing there. That they are now 41 (laughs) games over 500. Just a remarkable run here so far this season. All right, let's turn our attention back to the NFL here as we got about five and a half minutes left in the program. Like we mentioned, betting across America for three more hours over at circa Ben Wilson, Jeff parles at the top of the hour here on V. Uh, but the game that we left off on James is a Friday night game between the Arizona Cardinals and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are the one and a half point home favorite total sitting at 33 and a half, but beyond the game, the side and the total here, uh, what are you looking for from seeing from these two teams come preseason?
4: I want to see who's going to call the plays for the Arizona Cardinals. Is it going to be Coach Kingsbury? Or is it going to be uh, Kyler Murray? Because he's getting some experience calling plays. Yeah, He said, like, go ahead, big more... dog. Absolutely go. You think it's easy because of how Kyler Murray obviously has bad body language and who knows what's being said. Questioning the play calls that are coming in from the coaching, from the sideline from Kingsbury and company and Kingsbury made it known. And that's what's, that's probably what's most interesting to me is that he put it out there publicly. Did Coach Kingsbury say, hey, he, thinks he he thought it was easy. I gave him some practice to be able to do some of these things. And not so easy, is it, young fella? So it just feels <laughs> like there's definitely some dissension there. There's some there was issues in the offseason. We knew that with Murray and the team, but he got paid. He got he ultimately he won the he he, he won the negotiation because he got paid and got paid pretty handsomely. Yep. I'm not going to discredit anybody getting their money. He got it. But there's still some disconnect there, it feels like, between the coaching staff and Kingsbury in particular and Murray. But aside from that, family, I think for the Bengals, we know what we're going to see. I just want to see the offensive line. Are we going to see, because of all the, the, the changes from basically the right side as well as the center spot, what are we going to see? Are we going to see the ones out there to get some opportunities to start to build some chemistry up front and some timing? I think that's what I want to see this offensive line. Do they get some reps? How many reps do they get collectively as a, as the ones? Maybe they do in the first preseason. That, that I'm not really sure, but I think anytime we have a lot of turnover – with a, a certain unit especially with the Cincinnati Bengals and how poor that that was the weakest unit of all the you know, great season for them to make it to the to the Super Bowl but it was in spite of the offensive line now they've done a lot of moves to shore up and improve that offensive line do they actually put it together and get a couple of series out there that's probably the biggest takeaway that I want to see as far as this game's concerned the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line
3: yeah they made a couple of big free agent moves they're signing Alex Kappa of the Tampa Bay Bucs to shore up that interior of the offensive line. Then they went out and signed Dallas Cowboys offensive tackle Lyle Collins, who's dealing with a little bit of a back issue right now. So he hasn't even played in training camp. We'll see if that gets sorted out by the time the regular season comes. Any concern for you with this Joe Burrow ac- appendectomy, though, here, James? Because Burrow has yet to p- participate in training camp. But there's no timetable, time I should say, right now for his return.
4: I mean, right now, not through the preseason. It- was he even going to play in the preseason with this point with with what he's going through no most likely not but it's I think I'll hold off and reserve any kind of concern for a couple more weeks as we get mm-hmm. closer. Let's get a little closer to the regular season and start to hear more about what his availability is going to be. I don't think he's one that feels like, oh, I need to get out there and practice and I got to get sharp. Yeah, you can do those things beyond preseason. You can do those types of things in practice. So, so not right now because we still have roughly a month before the season starts. Let's check back on where Joe Burrow's status is in a couple weeks and where he is
3: with his health. New York Jets are three-point favorites in the city of Brotherly Love Friday night, taking on the Eagles. 33-and-a-half is our total. Reports out of Jets camp is that Joe Flacco has been awesome in training camp practices. We'll see if that translates to the field. But it might translate to the betting window here for the Jets in the preseason.
4: Joe Flacco's been awesome. <laughs> well, then start, we got a quarterback controversy, yeah. right? So Flacco's been around for, what, two decades? However, anyone he won his Super Bowl with the Ravens, yep. and good for Flacco. MVP. And of, had a hell of a strong arm. He always had a monster arm, did yeah. Joe Flacco. But, yeah, I mean, he's whatever. That, that's where we were talking earlier with Howard, right, with the, with the fantasy football guest and reading between the lines and really just kind of not even taking any of that into account when you hear how great certain players are, are looking in training camp. This is obviously Zach Wilson's team, and there's no quarterback controversy here. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know what we're going to see. I think that's probably, you have to, to as this, as the week progresses, they get closer to game time, start to listen into the camp for the Jets. What is it going to look like? Are we going to see Wilson out there? Again, this is another offensive line. This is probably the, the strength. This is by far, I think, for me, the strength of this team is that offensive line for the New York Jets. How much do we see them out there as the one group getting some reps, getting some time and he moved pieces around in particular with Becton moving from left tackle to right tackle. How does he look there at that right tackle position? I think we'll probably see quite a bit of, well, we'll see some series with Becton out there. I'm just curious, will we see the other ones out there to start to build some continuity up front for the New York Jets?
3: Yeah, the offensive line is a position of strength for both the Jets and the Eagles uh, this season. So we'll see how that helps them out once we get into the actual real games here but we got 28 seconds left here james any final thoughts we're hoping that the cardinals come through for you
4: well we got ba- we got a little action here we got bases loaded with two down with oh, aaron judge mm. at the plate and another hanger that he let go from adam wainwright all right i gotta get off we gotta sweat <laughs> this game out let's go.
3: <laughs> all right he's james linus i'm Femi and Faye. for our entire crew here with the south point wishing you all the best of luck on this sunday betting across america ben wilson jeff parles next
0: Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just
2: about anywhere.